Welcome in and look who is joining the party on a brand new Village Vice. That's Zach Blackerby over there and that is Auburn baseball coach Butch Thompson. Coach, we are so uh, pleased that you're joining us here for the 99th episode ever of Village Vice. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's a one-hit wonder, isn't it? 99 Luff Balloons or something. <laughs> All right, well, special, I mean, special for me to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're so close to 100, Coach. Just quick question. Do you remember your 100th win by chance? No, you, I don't. No? Okay, just curious. Absolutely I, not. Just, I think Brad looked it up. Brad <laughs> I'm going to remind you, yeah, your 100th win at Auburn was over Northeastern in the 2018 Regional in Raleigh. Okay. Absolutely. So, that was a good year. Yeah. That was a special yeah. one, yeah. 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 Um, all right, well – this season has started and we're going to kind of we're going to mix a little bit of of kind of serious and and have a little fun uh as well the the routine of the season what is this like for the head coach like we know we know it's important for the players to be in a in a routine workout focus practice games that kind of thing what about what about the head coach is there a comfort that comes with the routine of, of starting the season what's that routine like for you yeah, I think you've heard me say we're, we're in the past, I'd say, hey, practices for the coaches and the games for the players. And mm -hmm. I, I think so much work is done from August to the break. And then, you know, you're really trusting the players as you they, they leave you for like 50 days. And then it's back of a combination of, of practice in January. And, you know, I, I went out and spoke to I probably did 11 sessions at different clinics around just trying to promote our program, all the different things that – all coaches have to do or other sports and et cetera. And sometimes when the season starts, for me personally, it's like a if you feel like a, you better have done your work at that point. And, and we felt great most years that if you give an honest effort that going into the season now, and if the players did enough of what you ask, that it's their game. And I think that's the way it works best. And uh, this team was no different. Maybe one of the best that we've had is feeling like you get to game one and it's like, okay, you guys are giving us good effort. Uh, we needed to make sure that whatever we thought was important had gotten put in. And uh, I think it runs the best now if you let the players kind of go out there and, and do their thing. So for a coach, once the season starts, it's uh, this season, the schedule just pulls you along now. And uh, the regret would be if you didn't do a, a good job in preparation because sometimes once that season starts and the game starts being played, it's too late. And if you ever feel that way, it's not a good feeling as a coach. And number two is you better make a note and never let it happen again as you have to do all this stuff. So much of our work is done before the season, believe it or not. Sure, sure. Coach, I mean, you, you mentioned some of these players and – one of the players is off to a, a great start this season, Cooper White. I think while you're answering that question, he actually stole another base because it seems like that's what he's doing every time he, he gets on as he's stealing bases. What have you seen from him, and, and what is it about him that's allowing him to kind of set all these records for, for Auburn when it comes to stealing bases? Well, I think he's a spark plug, number one. I think he loves to play. Uh, I think it's been a point of emphasis. I, I think uh, Gross and Nunnemaker are absolutely committed to understanding the personnel of this club had some pieces where they thought they could run the bases more than maybe we have in the past. So there was a point of emphasis. And I think to my prior long answer, uh, this started, you know, in the fall of really focusing, thinking that this team would steal more bases or have the the talent level and, and ability to steal more bases than last year. So I think that's the second piece. And, and number three is uh, Weiss is fearless. 
Um, so I think he's a spark plug. I think we prepared and made a point of emphasis, and he's absolutely fearless when he gets out there. And I'm like, I see him vaulting and gaining inches, and I'm like, hey, man, you're about to get picked off, picked off, picked off. <laughs> um, and some of that's going to come, and it's um, – yeah. but there's a fearless aspect that I think has allowed him to to be so good at it. And uh, it's just a desire of his, and, and it's a great way that he feels like maybe his best way right now to to get his team going. It's a perfect representation of this show. I ask a 5,000-foot view question, and then Zach brings it in and asks about a specific player. That's that's kind of how we work. So I'm going to ask another big picture type question. Um, you said something on on the radio post-game interview after the game Tuesday I thought it was interesting for people that didn't hear it. You're, you know, these guys who want to play in the major leagues, it's 162 games, and so 56 ought to be like, you know, cupcake for, for them. You're, I, I get the sense – that you are really pushing this team. I don't know if maybe more than in other years at this time, or if, or if this is a consistent. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Is this a is this a thing with every team you you do kind of you you push them a little extra early on in the year? Well, I just I don't think there. Anytime you feel like somebody human nature would make you want to make an excuse, I think a coach's opportunity is to go like, we don't make excuses. Um, we don't do tired. If you do tired, then you can't finish the season strong. Uh, if you do cold, then you're giving away the first month. If uh, if they ever start talking about the ability to bounce back, just remember now our our, our game and in most games, if you're playing at an elite, trying to play at an elite level, it's more mental than it is physical. Remember how young they are. So how I feel is not really how they feel, but they'll try to. And we're all human, so we'll play that game. And and then, you know, I always thought Major League Baseball was just simply a great example of like whenever I hear any kind of, oh, you know, we got to get up that, that bus ride six hours, you know, it, it's good. And so would anybody that's my age and that are friends of mine. It's like, man, they would absolutely get after those guys like, yeah. oh, you want to be a big leaguer and you think you can play 162 games and you can't navigate through 56, four games a week when those guys were playing six and seven games a week. I mean, come on now. So just keeping on top of their mind and not allowing weakness to, to enter. And there is a time, like Monday was a lighter practice. We swung the bats and we had meetings. We didn't run them around the bases or take anything outside of their legs. So there's a trust of like, hey, can you trust us to, to keep putting your, your body in the best shape for when we compete again, but also their mind. Can I give them reality checks along the way that are positive and that are helpful as opposed to allowing them go down a, a road of weakness when 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 they shouldn't yeah coach my, my family's been season ticket holders for your program for a few years now and, and every every year we go it seems like the interest and support throughout the auburn fan base goes up just a little bit every year but it seems like the difference from last year to this year at least early in the season has been tremendous i mean that that opening night game it, it was packed it was one of the more packed um moments i've seen plainsman park ever and some of the the improvements and just kind of the culture around you know folks filling up the the parking deck it's been really cool to see what's your perspective on seeing kind of the support from the auburn family grow more and more um i, I it, it's one of the most exciting things that i've i've witnessed being here at auburn zach because it didn't just happen overnight and uh, i think the timing's been great too because it took years we had to earn our way you know after you're Coming in at a tough time, you know, even here after the first half year, it's like, you know, 
uh, trying to get people to to believe. You just kind of had to keep your head down and stay the course. Yeah. Uh, and then seeing that grow, seeing the last four years of these season tickets finally being sold out when was told that you, you can't do that here, uh, that's pretty neat. And to see it just keep growing, uh, yeah, it feels even different this year. Uh, seeing the facility stuff start to take shape and come online, I, I think my negative human nature uh, thought was like, I want it all at once, Yeah, you know? Uh, but I think the timing of the program building um, the team, the roster, the coaching staff getting stronger in my time being here. Um, it, it's kind of all come together at the right time where it works. So now that we can grow and, and, and start construction, I'm glad it's not happening all at once. I love these stages because now the Hall of Fame club's getting its due and you absolutely get a great feel for that. Instead of everything just landing, instead of the waiter bringing you all five courses at one time, yeah. you're getting a course at a time, and I think you can appreciate it more. And I and I, at one time I was like, man, I want it all at once. And now I'm, I'm I love the how things are being onboarded one at a time. I think it's going to make it enjoyable, and I think it gives us an opportunity of how awesome it feels currently that we still can say the best is yet to come as it, it just continues to grow out with each phase. And I think each phase is going to be appreciated even more. And then all that does is put more expectation, um, more work that we have to do on the field uh, to live up to it. But that's what we're here for, right? Is to aim for the highest star. I mean, that's exactly what we should be in the middle of and we shouldn't be intimidated or are or, or concerned about that we should just absolutely be continuing to try to find strategies and ways to to keep growing and getting better we uh we could do an hour and probably not touch on all the the stuff that we'd like to to ask you like about the best book you've read in the last eight months or how much you remember about your your very first press conference at auburn you know silly media questions like that but uh before we let you go uh uconn this weekend this is a quality opponent coming in here. This is an important series. Just kind of give us the the layout, take us down the runway of, of this series against UConn this weekend. Well, it starts with their leadership. And then Jim Penders has been there for a long time and uh, he has done an amazing job with that, with that program. The last two years they were in uh, Jackson. Uh, I'm sorry, the Gainesville regional last year. And then two years ago, they were in the Stanford regional. We almost played them in Omaha. We ended up playing Stanford, but UConn took them to a, to a third game. So, just right there, the recent history of where they've ended up the last couple of postseasons gives you a ton of respect. Uh, Coach Nunnemaker yesterday, as soon as we flipped the script from Sanford to start getting ready for UConn, was like, man, they're athletic. They get down the line. So I think they're going to pressure us with the bun a little bit. I think they're going to pressure us, pressure us with some athleticism. Uh, you know, those northern schools, they're inside a lot early. Um, uh, and so what that means to me is just how technical – and how sound they are. So I think you'll notice that too if you watch them take infield, outfield. It just there's a there's a slight military. Uh, they wear their uniforms well. Uh, you can tell there's some some old school features of a John Wooden and, and and things of that nature. And that's all Jim Penders that's been there leading that program. So they'll uh, I, I would use the word sound, but a, a touch athletic. I think this is going to be an athletic team. Sometimes when we think teams from the north, we think big and strong and uh, burly, if you will. Um, I think this is going to be an, an athletic, regimented um, team that has enough experience. And they've been on the road, right? They've already been to the West Coast. Uh, they've already taken a couple of good trips. They've already played quality competition. So I, I don't think anything about 
coming Auburn, Alabama is going to spook UConn, you know, getting on the field. And um, us, we're, we're looking for that consistency. Can we stay fearless like Weiss on the base pass, like us having at bats? Um, can we just – can we be relentless? And then can we be selfless and keep allowing this team to grow and build? And uh, what I've been saying recently is like, man, we can start – we should stop talking about how, how tough this schedule is because it's going to be a carbon copy every week. Uh, as we move forward, if you're if we're playing the best schedule in our league, we're probably playing the best schedule in America. And uh, UConn's another one of these teams coming in here that make that schedule that way. Yeah, Coach, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate the the few minutes that you gave us, and we'll see you in a few hours at your press conference. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, War Eagle guys. Thank you, hey, War Eagle Coach. Eagle. Thank you so much for your time. What a guy. What Love a guy. it. Love it. Uh, all right, today's show brought to you by our friends at mybookie.ag is the best place to wager on all of your sports action and brad you know this yes it's famous for the sound that it makes when you use promo code next round what does it say what sound does it make brad bloop 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 i'm next sorry round. yeah i didn't i wasn't near i was nowhere near high pitched enough i'm sorry that's, that's okay that's okay you're too cool for the bloop sound that's fine that's okay but uh, yeah be sure to use promo code next round you'll get some extra money to bet with over at mybookie.ag we'll move to football but it, it, anything that coach thompson said in our in our conversation with him that that stood out to you that we need to spend some extra time reflecting on or discussing before we move to football i i love the fact that he is not giving the the team room for excuses because you can do that. And I think the guys want that. I think you're true elite players in yeah. any sport and not just in sports, but it's true in the business world and the medical field. Like the, the, the best of the best of the best want they craved to, they crave being pushed mm -hmm. and they crave someone really not letting them up. High achievers in any field do not want, like they want, it is human nature to want to make an excuse. Right. But high achievers in any field actually crave people in their lives who will come back and push them and go, no, that's not real. Let's, let's keep on going anyway, or let's don't use that as an excuse. Um, and I really like that he's doing that. And I think it's a marker that he believes this team is capable of some, some pretty big things. I mean, we said that earlier in the year with Bruce. Bruce was tougher on this basketball team. Yeah. Um, than he had been in the fall and early in the season in the past because he thought they could be right there in the top of, of the SEC at the end, and they're going to be. So I think a coach sees the potential in his team, and he wants to push him to reach that potential. I think you see that out of uh, out of Coach Thompson. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be excited about this lineup and and the depth on the and the pitching rotation, too. Yeah. So a lot to like. A lot to like for sure. I do wonder what his favorite book would have been if he would have actually yeah. asked that question. I think you should have. I, I think you should have. If we had had more time, I would have done yeah. that. Was that was next on my list, and then I looked at the time and thought, "Well, yeah, we better ask about UConn." Yeah. So, so we didn't have a ton of time <clears throat> earlier this week to watch Auburn's first practice of the spring. Yeah. We got about twenty minutes or so, which is great. Thank you so much to the football program for allowing us even twenty minutes. That's great. Um, the thing that stood out to me the most, Brad, and this seems to be a common opinion for everybody that was there. But the trenches, the the offensive line, the defensive line, which were the two position groups I spent the most time watching, they seem larger than before, which I expected that on the offensive line. One, because you get Percy Lewis, and two, Xavier Miller, another offseason for him. I mean, he, he's Connor just going to do the same thing, yeah. Sure, 100%. Yeah, that, that, absolutely, absolutely. 
But, man, the defensive line really surprised me. I can't go to, like, I lay in bed thinking about it. Like, I don't understand how Malik Blockton is as big as he is as a true freshman. It doesn't make sense. Like, there's a mental block in my brain as far as, like, comprehending. This guy looks like he's a junior going into, you know, his third season. But, man, he's already so developed. So, uh, I get the reliance. We assume. We assume they're going to rely on some of these younger guys going into the season. But they look good, Brad. They look good. Yeah, they they look like they're ready to be relied on. And I think that's that's why you go out and you target a different kind of player and and you push hard in the recruiting battles and you try to recruit guys that you know. Like it's it's a functional plan. You're gonna need younger players to be a part of the rotation, whether they're playing 60 snaps or 20. You need them to be so you're not just throwing them out there for the sake of throwing them out there. You need them to be functional. And right. it's a really good thing to see that size. We talk all the time. You got to have quarterback play and you really need, you, you need next level talent on the offensive and defensive lines. Sure. And if they're passing the eye test before the pads go on day one of, of, of spring practice, then great. Right. So Cam Coleman is also Cam yeah. Coleman is a like, that's <laughs> just, I keep saying it, and Auburn, some Auburn people get it. Some Auburn people get mad at me when I say it, but we have never had somebody like Cam Coleman. We've mm -hmm. never had this. A guy who's that big, that mobile, and just mentally where he needs to be. Um, and also, I actually talked to somebody yesterday about this, Brad, yeah. close to him. Where they're like, I don't think he really understands how good he is yet. Yeah. Which is great. So... It's just there's so much about Cam Coleman that excites me, and the fact that there was a report that I read that he uh, he caught a pass and it was the ball was knocked out of his hands. I think it was Keontae Scott that did it. Yeah, and then like the next play, he went in and like went over top of him and like you know got his revenge or whatever. So like yeah. it's just that kind of mindset of what you want in a receiver, and we haven't. I don't know if we've ever had that, but it's certainly been a minute for sure. Yeah, well, that's and that goes back to the point of how does he respond to? Does he want to be pushed? Does he does he want to be a kind of talent that Auburn has never had day one and just stay there, sure. or do you want to be truly, you know, truly one of the elite players? Let me ask you this now: Do you predict? Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple of comparisons. Yes, uh, 26 catches, 534 yards, five touchdowns. Any idea off the top of your head what stat line that is? That's pretty 20, that's pretty vague. Twenty six catches, five hundred yeah. some odd yards, yeah. and five touchdowns. Yep. That's Seth Williams as a freshman at Auburn in twenty eighteen. Got it. Okay. okay. Let me give you. Let me give you another line. I would have never gotten that. So thank yeah. you for answering that. All right. Fifty six catches. 963 yards, eight touchdowns, 56, nearly a thousand, and eight touchdowns. That one of Darvin Adams' years? No. That's AJ Green at Georgia, his freshman season. <laughs> freshman season. That'd be insane. That would All be right. insane if he did that. So I'm asking is Cam Coleman as a freshman? Is he a closer comparison to Seth Williams or is he a closer comparison to AJ Green? As far as production. Yeah. 
Okay, not like physical ability, but production. Is well, what I mean, about. but physical physical ability does play a hand in your production. It does, it does. But like, I think he's physically closer to AJ Green, but I think his production is going to be yeah. closer to the Seth Williams stat line okay. you just read as a freshman. Yeah, as a freshman. Okay, all right. Seth, by the way, just I tell you what. The, I'm sorry, Brad, to cut you off. If he yeah. has 900 yards as a freshman, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it changes. Well, if you told me that, I'd be like, okay, Auburn does go nine and three or ten and two. If yeah. you told me that Auburn has a nine hundred yard receiver, I'm like, okay, all right, because that's just something we haven't had like consistently. We've had some glimpses of it, but yeah. Well, probably the last time you had or or got that close was 2019. Seth in his sophomore year, 59 for 830 and eight touchdowns. So that's my question: Is Cam Coleman in 2024? Is he closer to Seth Williams' freshman year? Because, I mean, I think objectively most people expect that he's farther along his freshman year than Seth was. He is. Okay. Yeah, right. So then is it a little closer to what you got from Seth his sophomore year? 59, 8, 30, and 8. And what does Auburn do if they have a receiver with 59 catches for 830 yards and 8 scores? I mean, that would cha it changes the offense because you know you're going to get yours in the running game because we feel good about the stable of running backs there. You feel like Rivaldo is going to get at least four or five hundred. I don't think that's crazy to say. And then can somebody else step up and get an? You know, can somebody else get another five hundred? Can a can or, a Robert Lewis or yeah. um, a Caleb Burton or Coy Moore look really spry and explosive yeah. in the few minutes that we got that that I noticed with him? So like, can somebody else do that? And if you if I mean if you do that, you're talking about one yeah. of the better passing years that Auburn has ever had. Yeah, or can three guys get two fifty a piece, or three hundred a piece, or something like that? I yeah, mean, you could almost argue that's better, right? right. Yeah. yeah, without question. So, um, you know, what does Perry do when he comes? I mean, all these guys, totally. It's and it's happened before. We could run the numbers, not just AJ Green, but we could look at the South Carolina guy. We could look at Julio Jones. The, there are guys who have had freshman seasons at South Carolina places. guy. Who's the South Carolina guy? Oh, I forget his name. Thank you very much. You just put me right on the spot. Alshon Jeffrey? Is that yes. who you're talking about? Yes, okay. yes. Guy I'll wanted to find Jeffrey. everybody? Thank you. Sure. Gosh. It's okay. You know what? I need to be pushed. I need to be – I don't need it. I don't need to I'm use so an excuse. I'm so sorry. I just, I just called you out on that. Oh, bum. I'm so sorry. Mm. Well, I was like, who is he talking about? Yeah. I was like, Debo? Like, who are we talking I'm about? Trying here? to be so slick about it, too. Like, oh, yeah. And there's all, and just kind of roll past it. You know, South Carolina guy. Why'd Julio you Jones. even list them then? Because he's, because I think about those guys. I think Julio Jones, Al Larger guy. Yeah. And AJ Green. Like that trio at about the same time, mm -hmm. late 2000s, early 2010s in sure. this league, those were kind of the three that their freshman year made a big impact. They announced yeah. their presence. And, if we're talking about Cam Coleman in a similar vein, then it's not nuts to expect similar production this year. Brad, speaking of nuts. Yeah, thank you so much. I got to talk about Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> right now, if you use our promo code VICE. <laughs> oh, that's great. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. And uh, one more day until the month of March. Now you got to take advantage of the Lawnmower 5.0. It is the fifth generation lawnmower from Manscaped. It is your grooming sidekick with those two skin safe blade heads. The standard one, if you want to take a little off the top, and then the foil blade to go smooth wherever you want. Uh, plus, if you get the. Um, 
bundle. If you get the performance package 5.0, speaking of bundles, you're going to get two free gifts in addition to everything. A boxers 2.0, shed 2.0, toiletry bag, um, you know, New Year's resolutions. Now that we're at the end of February, man, those things come and go. But, you know, a well-groomed you is here to stay thanks to Manscaped. Again, promo code VICE. Got to use that promo code VICE. You'll get free shipping and 20% off everything that you order at manscaped.com. Go nuts. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, so tomorrow's show, we'll recap everything that, that Hugh Freeze and, and some of the players say, yeah. um, you know, what they talked about in, in the press conference, but I imagine it'll be pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I imagine I'll be asked a lot of questions about the quarterback situation. Imagine, you know, there'll be a bunch of stuff. So we'll discuss yeah. all that on tomorrow's edition of Village Vice. Who's a guy that you're, you're let's single out one guy, Brad, okay. that you're excited to see next practice window or to hear more about over the next few weeks? Uh, Demarcus Riddick. I am, I think that he has, uh, he is a really versatile player and I'm curious to see where he's lined up, where he's yeah. going to be used, and how much he develops in the spring. How much are we talking about Demarcus Riddick uh, by the time A Day rolls around and after A Day? I like that. Yeah, I like that. How about you? Um, I will go with the transfer receiver uh, Robert Lewis. Looked fast, had some burners, and that was kind mm -hmm. of a question: Can his speed from the Georgia State level of football translate to the SEC? It looks like it did. Looks like he moves very well. Um, can you just kind of put it all together and how do they use them? It's going to be more of a slot guy. It's going to be more outside. We'll, uh, we'll see, but yeah, Robert Lewis is a guy that I think is an important part of this team and yeah. not even necessarily, you know, it doesn't need 600 yards, but can he have that impact? Can he score a few touchdowns? Can he make the defense respect him as a potential deep threat or at least, you know, possession guy, however they choose to use him. I've heard yeah. mixed things. So Robert Lewis is a guy that I'm, yeah. that I'm kind of zoning in on. Auburn needs guys to go from the 20 to the 20. Like you, you need guys to be able to get you some, some chunk plays middle of the field. If you want to sure. go Coleman and Fairweather in the red zone and some of the others, you know, bigger guys there, um, you need some explosiveness between the twenties. So yeah. I like that pick too. Yep. Brad, I think that about does it for today's show. It does. Thanks again to coach Butch Thompson for joining Thanks. us on the show. Thank you for watching. Remember everyone has vices. Make sure village vice is one of yours. <music>